A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to, to know that you've got some ideas that might be outdated. Yeah, that's cool. But we all have to start from somewhere. And if I think that my child is my biggest asset, then I'm going to do everything in my power to ensure that the ignorances that I hold, that I deal with them so that I'm able to set my child up so that they can cope with what's coming because it's about them coping with life. Now, you can hide you can run, but at the end of the day, these things will come back to you. So even though it might be scary right now, I would say hold that fear and still do something about it. Move forward one step at a time. You understand? You are listening to the Dope Black Moms podcast. Today we've come together to specifically talk about our black boys and our young men as I really think we're in a moment of crisis. Our boys and young men are at higher risk of suicide than others, and evidence shows that young black men are far more likely than others to be diagnosed with severe mental health problems, and are also far more likely to be sectioned under the Mental Health Act. So I have fabulous women to just really talk it out, um, have a think collectively of what we can do, um, try and get a game plan together. So I have the amazing Lorna Archer here, founder of Wellbeing Well You, a holistic wellbeing therapist, uh, meditation mindfulness teacher and wellness coach. Um, I have Beverly Wong, a mother of two, podcaster and family support worker with Christian International Peace Services. And um, Bevy is also a member of the South London COVID-19 Preventing Mental Ill Health Track Force. And lastly, Danelle Grant, mother, uh, mother and founder of The Brave Project, um, a community interest um, company, a CIC. And The Brave Project is the UK's first suicide prevention service really focusing on BAME boys and young men. And the Brave Project's mission is to prevent suicide through public awareness and education. Dope Black Moms. It feels like it is a crisis for us, for our community. I have a boy child and, you know, I'm always interested in just trying to think of anything, any discussions we can have to further the conversation. Um, there are multiple reasons why there's stigma around these issues. There's cultural barriers, there's um, systemic discrimination. I think all of which is going towards our black boys and our young black men in this crisis, being in this crisis and it just kind of being compounded and the figures are rising. It seems to be getting worse basically, doesn't it? I mean, maybe I'm hearing more about it, but it does seem to get worse. So Lorna, what, signs what things could we be looking out for with our young men and boys change in behavior 
um, someone who's, uh, you know, appearing more quiet or reserved, closed off, um, not sleeping well or eating well, feeling agitated, anxious or stressed. Weight loss is also sometimes a sign. Um, not socializing or talking much and just sort of just basically keeping themselves to themselves. Those are sort of what I would sort of deem as some warning signs. But then the flip side, the flip side, Nina, is that some people can, some individuals, some boys can really hide their feelings and their emotions very, very well and sort of just go about their day-to-day lives, you know, pretending that all is okay and may just, you know, present themselves really well. So it's a tricky one, but I would say, you know, focusing on some of those other signs that I mentioned before would be some warning signs I'd look out for. It's so tricky because some of the the things you're talking about, could that just be teenager life? Like what about about us who have teenage boys or, or tween boys? Like some of those things feel like it could just be, teenage boy yeah I, I believe so I think it could be um not mistaken for maybe they're going through um you know puberty or adolescence um but we can't really afford to mistake it you know what I mean yeah. you still need to have that conversation just in case definitely yeah and and Beverly how would you with your background what do you how can we support families that are looking to support loved ones when we've analyze these signs or noted these signs and we're sitting down having these conversations well sometimes you know parents are frightened to even have the conversation or to approach the subject of course and they see they can see that their children have changed in some way um but they're frightened to actually say well what's going on for you and you know i think one of our problems is that we try and intervene when it becomes an issue yeah, but right. really, if we were talking to our children all the time, yes, then you know you would know, and there would be this open line of communication between the two of you, so that you're not just coming to cuss them or to to sort of rail them up in any particular type of way. You yes. understand? So, if you're asking me, you know, what can be done in that respect, I think. There's two different angles. If you're the parent who never really gets involved with your kid but only want to talk talk to them when you see something's going down, then the kind of way you're going to approach them has got to be a little bit different and you've got to be patient. Yes. You know, you know, it, you know, suddenly you're interested in me. Why? You know, you weren't yeah. before. Yes. So why should I even trust you with what I'm thinking and feeling when you haven't shown that? Yeah. Yes. So but then you've got parents who um, are, are constantly talking and with their children, but because mm. they are, there's an open avenue mm-hmm. of being able to approach subjects or anything yeah. really. Yes. Um, and I think it's it's the it's trying to anticipate. <laughs> you know what I mean? That you need to have that open conversation with your children, no matter what. That's right. And so yeah. that when they hit those places of uncertainty or mm. anxiety, or you know they're going through certain things, they will want to open up. That's it. So we're creating the environment to have this open conversation, this open dialogue. We're staying mm. present. Yes. To mm. know our children, know their normal, mm. and be aware and if we're in the present we can notice these things if you're kind of not present or absent 
you know, mm. these, this is when I assume these things are, are going, slipping under the net. Mm-hmm. So seems like early intervention is key. Yes. Yeah. So now with your background, how should we be, how can we broach the conversation? Like I can imagine a lot of people would be fearful of like saying the wrong thing. What language do I use? Can I, I'm going to like mess this up. What, how, any ideas on how to broach it? Any ideas on language you could be using? Um, any approaches that have worked for you? In terms of my personal experience as a mother to teenage, a preteen boy and a teenage boy, um, for me, what's worked well for me was just to make sure I had regular conversations with my children about just simple day-to-day things mm. so that rather than waiting for it to get to a point, to a crisis point, talking to them um, early early on, you know, so just ask them about just normal day-to-day things, um, about their friendship groups, you know, um, asking them, you know, about their choices in music um, and trying as, as much as possible to sp- spend quality time with them, which obviously, you know, when children get to a certain age, um, boys, they, you know, sometimes they're either out with their friends or they tend to kind of do isolate themselves at, at home because maybe they're doing their coursework or whatever it is. Yeah. So just trying to grab those little bits of time, whether it's five minutes, um, you know, cooking, asking them for their opinions on a recipe or, you know, um, about music or, you know, the latest uh, footwear, trainer wear. So just, um, you know, getting involved in things that they're interested in and like pulling them into stuff that you're doing also Mm. so that would be for me as my personal experience as a mother but in terms of um as the um, mental health advocate and the founder of a mental health um well-being service for me I would say there isn't the worst thing a parent could do is not to say anything because they think they might say the wrong thing just just have the conversation mm. just have that because that could be that one time that you stop your child from leaving the house um you know which could be could be potentially detrimental if you don't have that conversation okay, um there is there is no wrong way um you know if you feel obviously you can see the signs potential signs of maybe that they might be um suicidal you know um like Lorna Lorna was explaining some of the some of the signs and symptoms um I would say always ask them are they okay how are they you know um and obviously wait for them to respond but listen yes I think a lot of a lot of teenage boys even girls I've got a daughter an older she's 21 and sometimes she even says mum you're not listening but because sometimes us mums we multitask so we're able to listen but maybe might not look at them directly you know Mm -hmm, (laughs) um so i would say listen show but maybe show active listening active listening um, yes you know active listening and then um and obviously and then respond respond positively to their um their whatever conversation having with them don't be don't be alarmed don't panic you know because if you panic about something that they've said to you or disclosed to you then they're not going to want to um have that conversation with you or open up again and then they're going to close off and i think as as much as it is amazing that there are organizations like mine 
that unlike other practitioners who are doing the work, but is also the most important thing is for the conversations to be had at home. Mm-hmm. So that that would that would be my 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 advice. Right, and obviously it's not just one conversation. These are no 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 yeah. And I think one of the dangers that we do as parents sometimes is we'll say like the child will, you know, you're, I've got two daughters, so let me just be transparent. I've got two daughters, mm. but I used to run parenting workshops for um, an organisation which only dealt with boys. And, yeah. you know, trying to, uh, the, having quality time, as you were saying, and Donnell, you know, 10 minutes, but you need to be consistent with that. There's no point yeah. one thing you ask, how are you doing? And then Saturday, you ask how you're doing. You need to do it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Minutes, yeah. Is what I suggested to parents. Um, and to actively listen, because these terms are terms that we're familiar with. But as, a, as an ordinary parent, it means put on the phone. Put on the TV. You understand? Give them the space to be able to say what they want to say. The 10 minutes you start off, which which might be painful, soon becomes 15. Soon soon become half an hour. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And being really proactive with it and protecting that time. Don't talk about when in a my dear, in my dear, me never used to have this a problem because in a my dear. That's all good and well when we're sitting down with other people who are like-minded about in my day, but the kids nowadays don't want to hear that. No. Yeah. What they want to hear is that you're listening to them and you're giving them time. Yes. And then that makes them feel that you care. And if yeah. you remember some of the things they're saying, they be, they begin to trust you with more. Totally. Totally. Trust you with a lot. And right now, there's a lot of parents out there who their kids don't feel they can even trust them with a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us parents, we have very, very good intentions, and we we mean well, and we want the best lives for our children. We want them to be safe and health healthy. You know, a lot of parents, um, because of the financial, you know, economical reasons, we are working extra hours mm-hmm. to provide put food on the table and stuff like that. Yeah. And what that means is sometimes we are. We might be at home, but we're not mentally, we're not um, not emotionally. Yeah, we're not there. Mm. Because when you come home, sometimes you're physically and emotionally drained. Yes. But but we really can't make the excuses, you know, because at the end, I always say children do not ask to be born. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You make a decision to have a child, you know, most of the time, and then you, you need to be present yes because a lot of kids even the children that do have parents that are at home they might nine times out of ten they'll turn around and say you're never there yeah you're always talking and especially now with people working from home Mm. all all children see is their parents working because you know most people would say now i'm working longer hours i never switch off it's difficult to have that balance so yeah i think those things need to be con- need to be considered and really need do need to be conscious about being present yeah. and not just being there physically That's but it. being there emotionally and mentally yeah yeah and being proactive and mm. obviously us holding ourselves to account we've got mm. to pull ourselves out to actually make the time yes to do it and like yep. you said really do it not kind of pretend yes yeah listen whilst doing five other things really be in the room with them and and yeah. sometimes they know, can't they they can they can sense that they know def- immediately definitely but, but sometimes ladies as well you know as much as I hear what Danelle's saying there that, you know, sometimes some parents are 
are really busy, they're really frazzled by the end of the week or what have you. But, you know, if you make a conscious effort to say, you know, have some family time, even if it's one day a week, you can say, well, you know, you still may be feeling really tired, but it's the family are still very important. So even if it's a Wednesday evening at seven o'clock where the, you all come together, you come together with your children and get them into a pattern of knowing or routine that seven o'clock on a Wednesday evening or whatever day you choose, there's a 10 or 15 minute family time where, you know, you can talk, sit down, check in with each other and find out how everybody's doing. Um, that also gives the, the kids also a, a sense of um, stability there that, OK, well, mum or dad or mum and dad are going to sit down and actually actively listen to what I'm yeah. saying. So, um, you know, I think if we really want to do something. We can do it. So um, it's just showing them that we are there for them. We do care and we are hearing them and we are present yeah. with them you know yeah and i suppose checking yourself for your priorities yes like what, yeah. what is it that's important to you and then yeah. you would you would make the time yes yeah, yeah. exactly it, it, making time is important i mean i'm away at the moment because i've taken time off work in order to move my eldest up to where she's going she's going to university oh, so and, um, it was it was about, it was, she She kept saying to me, oh, thank you, mum. Thank you, mum. And I was like, hold on a minute. Let's, let me get this, let, let me make you straight. You're my priority. <laughs> Work only yeah. puts money on the table for me to pay for certain things. But it's not as important as settling you and being with you. I'm not yeah. on the phone. I'm not anywhere. I'm with you. I've moved yeah. you in. We've set up your home together. We've yeah. met a few, a few other students. We've walked around the city just so we can familiarize ourselves with stuff. This is valuable time that we will never get back. Work. What work? Yeah. Not yeah. About that. That's right. That's great. I hope she settles in well. Yes. yes. Good luck to her. Yes, yeah, congratulations! Congratulations to the a new a new move. Yeah, <laughs> yes, man. But you know, at the end of the day, if it, we, I understand, we've just been through a pandemic, and there's uncertainty for the future. Mm. Um, and a lot of the work, some of the work that I've been doing, we've listened to over six thousand people around um, how they've been coping with the pandemic, and and young people have not been coping as well as well as us, you understand? And I think we need to be honest with our kids that, you know, this has been a tough time. Um, you know, there's uncertainties, but regardless of all that, the most important thing is us in this space. Yeah? yeah. I remember when I was growing up, Sunday, Sunday dinner, everybody was sitting around a table. Yeah. Everybody was contributing to that food. And now there's a lot of people who are just eating off a tray in front of a telly. The dynamics are crazy now. Or kind of isolated, like everyone's in their own room or their own space. Yes. And on the it's not the, the family. But do, do you know what that is down to? The pressures that um, are on families now that were not as much on families before. Obviously, there were bills and stuff like that. But the cost of living is so much more now. Yeah. Um, and just the family dynamics as well. Um it's, it's, it's a lot different to when we were growing up. Do you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. I think the pr the pressures are so much different now. We're in a completely different century as well. And I think, you know, some of the parents also 
over time have been getting uh, slightly younger as well to say where maybe when our parents and our parents parents were having children so for some the the pressure is really really quite high and they're learning as well as they're going along um so you know it's understandable to a certain degree but at the same time you know becoming a parent you know even though there are textbooks out there that says you do this do that sometimes you have to find your own way and sometimes the book doesn't necessarily always give you all the answers so um you know we have to sort of like bear with some of the parents but we also need to really be um uh you know considerate and and thoughtful to the kids who are going through some of the you know scenarios and situations that they're in because you know nobody you know wants to force um you know illness depression anxiety or stress on themselves just for the sake of it 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 all comes from somewhere um and so we have to sort of really be mindful and have a, a very open mind about how these things do come come about i think that's you're you're correct in that but also I think there's a there's a, a space where we need to be honest with ourselves as, mm. as, as individuals and as parents, mm. um, you know, and be authentic to ourselves. You know, yes. there's no point saying to a, a young person, uh, are you anxious? And then they um, talk to you and then you're, you're not even tapping into your own anxiety. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yes. You understand? Yeah, I mean, when, when, my, when my daughter says something to me, you know, and I say to her, well, that scares me, mm. but the way in which I'm dealing with it is this way, and this is what I'm trying to have a positive mindset on it. So yeah. I understand your fear, and, you know, I, I understand it. We've got the same sort of fear. It's just different. I've got the risk of some more responsibilities than you, but fear is fear. So how are we going to try and work our way through this? You know, let's, let's, let's try and see if we can take some steps together that will help us to sort of overcome. So if you're feeling a certain way, talk to me, talk, you know, come come and talk to me. You, I, I will do my very best, yeah? I'm not the expert. And if I don't know the answers, I'm willing to try and find them. I'm willing to do stuff to help you. Like for example, when my daughter went through um, the lockdown, she was away from home, right? And she was fearful about the, the, the lockdown. She didn't know what was going to happen. Students were leaving the university campus in droves, um, leaving the halls of residence. And I said to her, it's a difficult time. It is a difficult time. The whole world at the moment is, is, is running around thinking like headless chicken. And I was saying to her, one of the things, you need a space where you can talk about your fears and anxiety. Now, I know you want to talk to me, but sometimes it's better to talk to someone. So anyway, I got her a counsellor so that she could have a course of talking with somebody else about the things that they could make suggestions that I might not have been making because I'm too close to it. All I wanted to do was get in my car and go and get my pitney. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what, in, in, in this space at this time, I can't do that, but I'm not leaving you on your own. And sometimes some parents, they will see their kids going through something and they'll just be like, I'm scared and I don't know what to do. Well, if you're yeah. scared and you don't know what to do, then find out somebody who might be able to help. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear that, Fev, and I, and I salute you for being the mother that you are for your daughter. But what I'll caveat that with 
I hear what you're saying about some parents who might you might think, OK, well, if they don't know what to do with the fear that is engrossing them, that they should some not everybody is programmed that way. So, you know, a child might be coming to that particular parent saying, I need your help or they're showing signs of that they need help. And that parent just may not even know where to start. So I think we have to that's, I go back to what I'm saying about have an open mind because there are some people who are natural parents and some people who have who have just become a parent you know yeah. but not necessarily knowing all that comes with parenting so that fear they may just be you know really sort of crippled by that fear and still not be able to help their child uh combat theirs ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But you see, I mean, you can go to the school. Every school has got a mental well-being Mm -hmm. person. Yes. Okay. So, you know, if your child is in school um, and you don't know, you can go to the school, speak to the head of year and just say, you know, what have you got in place to support a child that might be anxious? You don't have to say they're going to do lally or nothing like that. Mm. You just just calmly ask for if, the, if there's a mentoring service or if there's a well-being or counsellor that my child can speak to so that we can, you know, can we together, me and the school can try and support what's happening for my child. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm going to come with another caveat. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> with, my, with, with, my, with my holistic wellbeing therapist hat on, I'm going to come with mm. another caveat and say all of your points are absolutely valid and I am mm. with you. I'm with you on that. But I'm also coming with, coming with the, from a, another angle where, yes, that might be the scenario where the, somebody has got a, a child who's struggling. The parent can see that the child is struggling, but the parent is also struggling themselves. Or they may yeah. be in a place where they yeah. feel they may feel slightly ashamed or embarrassed or um, frightened themselves to say, I need to go and speak to somebody in the school or another professional to highlight that my child or somebody in my family may be struggling with X, Y, and Z. That parent themselves may also be coming from a certain place where for them to go and reach out to get help 
for their mm. child, which they know is going to be the, for the good yeah. of the child, that still may bring up some kind of fear or anxiety in that parent that it could have a it could have ramifications. Oh, if I go to see the wellbeing uh, team in my school, what does that mean? Does it mean that social services may be involved? Mm-hmm. Whatever mm-hmm. it is. So I always say, you know, we have to sometimes play devil's advocate yeah. and, and look at the broader um, picture. I have people who, clients who come to me with different kinds of scenarios and sometimes you know you might think it's a a quick fix or well why haven't you thought about this whatever but that person's coming from the place that they're coming from and it might seem uh very simple or black and white to another person but being in that person's shoes it it may not be the same dope black moms danelle everything you're doing day to day with the brave project are there any myths around suicide and mental health conditions that you come across often? Like anything that's harmful to our young black boys and men that we can maybe squash today? Mm. Okay, so the myth is if you see a child maybe from who you might assume comes from a troubled, troubled background, that they potentially will be most at risk. That isn't necessarily true. You could have a child that's come, you know, that um, is part of a family that appears to the outside world to be, um, you know, uh, a close-knit family that has the most support. Um, Just because a child doesn't um, show that they are having um, or going through a hard time doesn't mean that they don't need that support. Um, you, it's to not make assumptions. Yes. I would say that that Agreed. is one of the things that, that people need to do, not make assumptions based on perception. So not to judge a situation um, because of, you know, maybe society or what society um, might think that a person who's suicidal or a person who might have mental health struggles yeah. might look like or sound like. We all are at risk of, um, you know, struggling. With, we all can struggle with our mental health and potentially um every uh, every young vulnerable every young is vulnerable yeah i think that's a really good point to not judge i mean that's part of the reason why we can get ourselves into a space anyway isn't it if you feel judged or I think, um, I think the have... biggest thing would be not to like not to judge a situation not to judge a person yeah. um you know on their parents on their background um every every young every young person is at risk um, so yeah. I'd say that would be the for me the best thing to do. So speak, every young person, um, you know, needs to be spoken to, needs to be heard, needs to be listened to, um, and needs to know their value, needs to know their matters, yeah, matter, yeah. needs to know they're seen and heard. Yeah. yeah, I think I mean that's what we all need, isn't it? Yeah. But I hear you. It, it it it's vital for everybody to to feel those things, feel like they're seen. I remember speaking to a friend um, who was depressed, who was suffering, who was struggling and eventually committed suicide. Mm. And I, before this conversation, I remember um, looking back on everything that we had spoken about. And it seemed like he really committed to suicide being the only answer. Like he'd gone through every possibility, every rational thought and, he, and I remember him saying that every relationship in his life would be better if he wasn't here. Like that was 
that that was his his he'd really rationalized that and Lorna I was just because it might be difficult for people to understand the mental state it, it might be people might think the typical thing you know man up or just talk or is it really that bad or but I was just wondering Lorna could you speak to the mental state of somebody who might be suffering with or having suicidal thoughts just to try and grasp the sort of weight that they're under I mean I know it's a big one it's a big one and I'm I'm really sorry to hear about your friend as well Nina it's um it truly is a big one and it's something that is very uh sensitive to me it touches my heart in a really big way because I lost my 16 year old nephew to suicide in 2018 so that question thank you thank you um so that question is such a it's such a big question because you know if I was to say how um you know my nephew was and for me to speak to his mental state you know sometimes you 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 know as I said sometimes some people can present themselves as you know being okay Mm. You may go through the, the those checks of asking how they are, what's going on with them, you know. But I think that the the most I could really say to anybody anybody's mental state is, you know, to know that they're not alone. There is support, you know. There's help out there. Allowing them to really be their authentic self and speak their truth, um, share their problem. The problem to them may feel so huge, just like what you said about your friend, Nina. Um, You know, try and signpost them to organisations or to someone who can help them. So, you know, the likes of Danelle's organisation. But sometimes I think when somebody is in that space, sometimes you feel that you you can't do anything more. But I, I would personally say keep at it keep speaking keep showing that person the love and the support and knowing that you know you're there for them because we did that with my nephew we did all of that and um but you know sometimes the 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 issue for them is bigger than what what we can imagine because we're not in their shoes we're not we're not in their shoes and you know, I would never have foreseen that something like this would have happened within our family and just so close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's only three years down the line and it's still very raw, very real. And, um, yeah, we're still trying to navigate that process of knowing his mental state. So it's a big question, Nina. So I know I, I don't think I've fully answered it but it's quite a big question and I'm somebody who is closely connected to somebody who has taken their life somebody who's very young a yeah. young black boy and I I am still trying to process myself as his auntie really and truly how his mental state was so yeah, yeah. thank you so much for sharing I, I I mean I, I know it's um I know it's a really vast question Mm. and there's not one answer um i just think it's really important for people to understand that it's not black and white no it's not simple it's not linear it's constantly moving and the conversations that i was having with my friend where he was convinced 
that this was the only route. Mm, yes. That this was it. And so if you imagine all the relationships in your, in your life, your children, your parents, your friends, your partner, yeah. he was convinced that everybody would be better if he wasn't there. And yeah. Really done that thinking. And I think that is so hard for people to grasp. And I find it hard to grasp. I only have that insight because he was so crystal clear. I've never really, I can't yeah. expect, I, I've never been in a situation like that before where yeah. someone is so, so crystal clear about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, he, he obviously went through a, a process of elimination with everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, I can't sort of fathom his mental state in that, but he's ov- obviously thought through everything. He's looked at his life. He's looked at his situation. But as I said, I think we we can only we can only um, imagine. We can only picture certain things. But I think until we are in somebody's shoes, who yeah. um, so for myself, I've never. Um, you know, I'd say truly gone through uh, a mental health issue. But really, sometimes when I think about it, maybe there are some elements throughout my life where I have gone through some kind of a feeling of unsettled in my mental health, um, yeah. not in a bigger degree. So maybe, mm. you know, become a new, a new mother and not being able to handle, you know, the whole parenting thing at the beginning. But then there was ways that I got through it. But when you're really suffering with your mental health, I think until you're actually in that person's shoes, then you're going to truly understand it. So for me, I have huge empathy and compassion mm. for anyone who suffers with their mental health, in whether it's in a small way or in a big way. Um, and, and the big ways, if they go as far as taking their own life um you know yeah it's such a it's such a um a difficult topics uh uh, conversation but I'm so glad we are having it because we need yeah Yeah. I I think it's important just to keep on talking about it yes and and it is a big topic but if we keep on talking it might make it not feel as murky it might yes approachable it might you know some people might listen to this and get some ideas of language they could use or even just the simple things that we were saying, just have the conversation, just signs to look out for. Donnell, as a community, what can we be doing? You know, how can we support projects like yours? What do you need? Because you're on the ground with this. You're in the trenches. So what what, what can we be asking? How can we support our boys? Things that I would encourage uh, parents, um, people in the community, that whether whether you work with young 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 black men, black and ethnic minority men, or whether you are a parent, is to be there for your child, listen to your child, and encourage your child. Um, in terms of the work that we do at the Brave Project, um, you know we um, hold space for young men. You know we have conversation-based wellbeing workshops and I would encourage anybody that's you know ever anybody that has a a young a son that has an opportunity to attend a a workshop that we have is to please send them um you know share share our posts you know we always um provide um you know advice around how to talk to your children about you know their mental health and their well-being um Get helping parents to understand, you know, the reasons why 
young men may be struggling with their mental health and you know promoting um promoting a space where you know young men do not feel judged um that's it for me for me like and even this year the um the theme for world suicide prevention day is hope so um the number one thing that we could all do whether we're parents uh, carers practitioners is to you know provide um give our children uh, children hope and men in particular because you know um you know men are at highest when it comes to suicide you get more men um you know under the age of 49 committing suicide than women so it'd be to give them hope you know have the as um i think was it lorna you said have have the conversation keep talking about you know about you know their mental health, encouraging them to talk about how they feel, um, removing that stigma, you know, normalising the conversation um, and, you know, telling them in not in so many words, but basically they mm. don't have to yeah. man up. They can talk about it and, you know, signposting them, you know. That's great, great advice. And again, everything you're doing on the ground, all the conversation happening, all the posts that you're sharing, I think it, does all land you know and and more and more people are having a conversation and, and it is hopefully starting to to be normalized yeah Lorna for anyone listening right now that might be struggling mm-hmm. what could you say to them okay um I think you're the big ones <laughs> I think there's sort of three main things I'd like to say um, the first one being, please reach out and ask for help. Someone is here waiting to support you. The second one is, please don't suffer in silence. Speaking up is really a sign of strength. And that you, this individual who's listening to me, you are an amazing, strong person. And the third one, I would say to this individual Remember that you are worthy of so much greatness and more. And this is just a little blip in the road, but things will get better. Oh, that's such beautiful words. And even me listening to that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's this, again, things that we all need to hear. Yeah. But it's so hard to hear it, isn't it, when you're in the thick of it. Yes. To know that this is going to pass. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. It it feels endless. It feels relentless, doesn't it? It does. It does. I know. But just knowing that you've, you know, as I think Danelle said it as well, you know, her organisation, The Brave Project, Mm -hmm. creates that safe space for and allows men and boys to be able to open up and speak. And that's what it's about. You want them to you know trust you you want them to be their authentic self in that space so we need to create spaces we need to create um opportunities for them uh to feel that they can open up you know and and to feel that that you know that depth of despair that they're in that you know we're we're here to to hold them up to, to support them we need to, to I think if we can break through that part it you know it, it may help and that's that's what we need we just need to uh, know that there is something that we may be able to do to help because the feeling of um, the feeling of despair that you get when you feel that you can't help and that person does choose to continue with their mission to you know 
pass over that in itself you know that brings so much heartbreak as well so I think we we just need to come together and do all that we can and you know if this message this podcast that we are doing now can help one person it's 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 an amazing thing that we can do yeah that's it yeah just creating that space where you're allowed to be vulnerable you're not going to be judged you're going to be heard and that there's a fresh time for our young black men isn't it to have a space like that to be able to sit there and be vulnerable that that can be you know really tricky we've all got stigma around this idea of mental well uh, mental health um so i would i would say it's okay not to be okay it's okay not to be okay it's okay to to know that yes you've got some ideas that might be outdated yeah that's cool but we all have to start from somewhere and if I think that my child mm. is my biggest asset, then I'm going to do everything in my power yes. to ensure that the ignorances that I hold, that I deal with them so that I'm able to set my child up so that they can cope with what's yes. coming because it's about them coping with life. Now, you can hide, you can run, yes, but at the end of the day, these things will come back to you. So even though it might be scary right now, I would say hold that fear and yes. still do something about it. Move forward one step at a time. You understand? One step at a totally. time. If you're not, yes. if you don't trust I support you on that, organizations Beverly, that you need to go to, there are black alternatives. There are alternatives yes. for those who are from the black community, Asian community and other communities. Yeah, you can find those people. And sometimes you have to get rid of people in your life who are negative and not supporting you and find people who are supportive and will help you. Yes, not judge you, but help you. Some of us, we got negative things around, negative people around us. And all that's going to do is just continue that mindset of being negative. So be brave, take the step, if you have to walk out on the street by yourself, walk out on yeah, the street by totally. yourself, knowing that you are creating a new path for your children, okay? And for yourself. So be brave. Contact the Brave Project. Look on their Instagram. Yes. There's Black Minds Matter UK that only have yeah. um, Black and ethnic. And I know this isn't just a podcast for, for Black parents, but we're the ones who do not access the help when you need it. You want to march after the incident? No, but I march after the incident. Yeah. Yes, Deal true. with it before it becomes an issue that you have to go out and march and have your voices heard. It's too late then. Be brave yeah. now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. hmm Yeah. And it's just, that goes down back to early intervention, Bev, like, and unfortunately within our community it's um recognized that you know black black men um you know a high risk of being sectioned um mm. because unfortunately not being able to access or services so not yes. a, not accessing services early enough so what happens is when they do get access is at a crisis stage so yes. 
you know, us as parents and practitioners, you know, encouraging those conversations to happen earlier. Um, but, you know, just encourage, also encouraging, like, the men, you know, and young people to, you know, just keep taking, as you said, um, it's okay not to be okay, you know. Um, just keep taking every step you take, just keep moving forward. Yes. Um, and just say, you know, encouraging them that, you know, if they do talk about their, their mental health or well-being, it doesn't make them weak. Um, and also, um, for, for one of the things that we do do in a Brave Project is we encourage people, young um, black and, and ethnic minority men in particular, who have lived experience, um, who um, come forward um, with, you know, being courageous enough to come forward and speak about their experiences, you know, speak about accessing support and stuff like that. Because if you, what, um, what, you know, what's been identified is if you see somebody that looks like you, that's, um, you know, mm. potentially being vulnerable and accessing the services, then you're most likely to, you know, feel comfortable. Um, yeah. That is an absolute game changer. There could be some young men who've yeah. never seen a man be vulnerable. Mm. You know, I've never seen a man be truly vulnerable in front of them. Mm. That I can imagine how powerful that must yeah. be um, to experience. And we have in on our page on the Brave Project social media pages, we have a few um, uh, young uh, men from the you know the BAME community who have um, you know come forward and spoken about their lived experience of mental health, whether it's um, having schizophrenia or you know um, you know. Um, suffering say having depression um, or even just going to um, get a counsellor because they they felt that something wasn't right mm. so you know if anybody wants to hear or see someone that looks like them you know I would um, encourage them to go onto the page and have a look and have a look and um, this is one of the one of the ways in fact that as, as an organisation we we bridged a gap um, between the suicide services that are already out there um, is by making sure that all of our posts reflect um, and have re representation of the young men out there that are most at risk of suicide and not accessing services. Our um, social media pages um, look, so you'll have, we'll basically um, uh, create posts with uh, visuals of, of young black and ethnic minority men so that um you know you've got we're basically yourself. we've got representation mm, yeah. so they can see themselves and um you know it's been the feedback has been really really positive i can imagine i can imagine ladies i could keep on talking yes. about this honestly <laughs> for so long but you know i'm just i'm grateful for us all being here to have a talk yeah. we definitely try and do it again yes and um just thank you all for sharing and i'll put links to all of your yeah. spaces um so anybody that's listening that has any questions that wants to reach out to anybody privately obviously please do um just thank you so much everybody for being here and um sharing so openly really appreciate it dope black moms if you'd like to join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 